You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. If one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> really bad one that i want to do because there's it, so many that like they're just trying they're trying so hard like, how yeah. could i tell a werewolf story like fucking yeah. chill <laughs> like dial it back it's been 350 de- 315 days since the global outbreak 187 days since i realized i might be the only survivor and three days since the two of us found each other in the wreckage of the world and regained hope I've been alone so long, I almost forgot that hallucinating imaginary companions is the first sign of infection. That is too much. Right. Is, like, you much. just wrote a, you just wrote a novel. Like, just yeah. write more then, I guess. Like, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the only person left in the world is a Trump supporter. Like, yeah. come on. Like, <laughs> just, like, expand on this or don't. This is supposed to be a writing exercise that, like, you know, how can we distill this? Not how can we fucking expand it? <laughs> So for the second episode of At The Diner, you are catching us right in the middle of conversation, folks. Uh, my name is Michael Lunsford. I am the host and editor-in-chief of our website. It is greatgeekrefuge.com, but I am not hosting this alone. Oh, no. I have two spooktacular co-hosts with me for this episode. Mr. James Rambo, you just heard him speaking. And we also have the wonderfully talented Ms. J. Dilla. Hello. So, Jess, you brought up a great topic, and I'm enjoying the shit out of this. Um, these two sentence horror stories. I have one that's bad because it sounds like a fucking lead in for a BuzzFeed article, like some clickbait bullshit. Um, <laughs> listen to this one. You know that weird full body twitch you get sometimes when you're falling asleep? If there was a camera pointed at you and you saw what it captured at that moment, you'd never sleep again. Like, that's not yeah. scary. That just sounds like, again, it sounds like some BuzzFeed shit, you know? Like, like things that millennials hit... do to piss everybody off. Like, yeah. Right. They definitely, t- they could have made that scary. Like, but the second they said, like, if you would have seen the camera pointed at you, like, that's like, that's stupid. I hate yeah. that. <laughs> you literally could fix it. You know that weird full body twitch you sometimes get when you're falling asleep? Like, don't look under the bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> like anything else other than if you would have seen the camera pointed at yeah. you, like, the, what is that? That's like, <laughs> so somebody's in my house filming me? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you, you, say, right you might as well say, there's a monster in the room. Right. I do have one more, but I feel like I picture it because to me it's scary, yeah. but I feel like I picture it very specifically in my brain. So I'm going to set the mood for this one first, which I know is not the point. We're not supposed to do that. But I, I do find this one scary because if you've ever played or seen Silent Hill, um, you know, the like mannequin nurses, basically they like have no face. They're very scary looking. And I believe it's when you're looking at them, they don't move. And when you turn away, they start moving towards you and they yeah. start walking all crazy and like twitchy and I hate it. So, okay. In your head, picture that. Um, and so this one says, Cause this one can be funny. Like if, if you just think about it, you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. But, um, they delivered the mannequins in the bubble wrap from the main room. I began to hear them popping. <laughs> so like, it's funny because it's like picturing like popping bubble wrap. But at the same time, if I was alone somewhere and they had dropped off mannequins in another room and I started hearing them bitches moving, I would, I, I would die on the spot. I'm burning that place down. So scary to me. <laughs> See, I it, what made made me laugh about that is, I just like the idea that the mannequins are popping the bubble wrap. Right, that's what I like, mean. Like that's like actually sitting there, like having a good time. Exactly, like like sitting cross-legged, like pack, 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 pack. Right, <laughs> but no, even no. Mm -mm. mannequins moving i don't know mike if it's because of how long we worked in the mall and yeah. we had to close and leave a very empty mall let a mannequin Maybe. move in one of those windows uh-uh yeah. nope absolutely mm, no. not <laughs> see this one this one's awful okay i'm gonna read another shitty one the operation wasn't successful in the traditional sense since my site didn't return but it left me with the ability to distinguish heat signatures at least Three weeks have passed and I'm still not sure how to politely ask my best friend why he's room temperature. Okay, so here's the problem with this. If you've never had vision before, how do you know what fucking uh, heat signatures look like? Secondly, how do you know what room temperature would look like? Is there also, oh, hey, by the way, um, here's, a, here's a chart that describes what your vision looks like right now. Oh, it's a walkthrough, cool. I got an FAQ for this new fucking ability that I just developed out of nowhere. Like, there, there's too many holes in this story. Yeah. Oh, really? It calls attention to itself. Like if yeah. if you if you have to start dissecting the concept, you've already lost. Yeah. Like it's it's the, right. again the whole point of this is it's supposed to be simple and direct and like an immediate translation of a concept. And when it's like, first of all, that was three sentences. <laughs> like <laughs> it's that. Um, but second, like yeah, you. They take too much time trying to set up the concept so that when you get the payoff, you're like, wait, I thought this was supposed to be truncated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I've actually I found a really good one because it just gave me fucking goosebumps just reading it. Whew. I never go to sleep, but I keep waking up. See, that's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Because that could mean so many things. 
Yeah, I have really. one. Yeah, go ahead. You could never say his name. Pee pee poo poo man. <laughs> thank you thank you and now i'm gonna die because of it so i hope you all enjoyed it yeah, now, that was worth it that was worth it <laughs> so this is one i really appreciate because this is one that you actually have to read to get so so I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll read it and then I'll explain it, which obviously is gonna, you know, kind of kill the joke, but it's fucking great. Um, don't panic, this is your brain. I don't have much time, it can't decipher scrambled words. Get help, it's already inside of you. Never mind, you're fine. Never mind, you're Ooh. fine is written out properly. Everything else is written out scrambled. Oh. And that's like, that's a really like, okay, you actually, you use the medium itself like that I, that i can really appreciate that's 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 pretty slick oh shit! i got another one that is that is really good here's another one especially for anybody who has had a loved one um that suffered from alzheimer's um i wish i could remember who these people were they keep telling me i have alzheimer's mm. because then it becomes that's a sad thing. exactly like <laughs> do they do they actually have it or is something else going on yeah. There's yeah. a, was, uh, I think I might be the most successful serial killer in history. The best part is telling their loved ones, loved ones, we did everything we could. Uh, maybe. What I want to actually do really like is I heard screams echo all around me. I'm deaf. That would be horrible. That yes. would be fucking horrible. <laughs> See, this one's like, actually just... exciting. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you go ahead. The last man on Earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock at the door. Sweet, that means I'm not the last man on the Earth. <laughs> like... <laughs> yes, that's why I didn't make anything. Like, You're the like... only person I've heard ever make that into a positive. Yeah, yeah. same, same. <laughs> look, look, it could be shitty. It could be a monster. It could be the devil. Who the fuck knows? I'm just saying. I'm excited because now I get some sort of interaction. Somebody to talk to. <laughs> Thank you, James Rambo. You understand me. <laughs> this is one that you need to know geography in order to get. Okay. <laughs> As I watched the sunset from my villa in Paris, I received terrifying news from across the globe. The sun had set in New Zealand, too. Now, I get it. It's that those places are far apart and that if the sun is setting in one it isn't setting in the other and so that but now you're making me think about the concept i'm trying i'm having to try and parse yeah. it out yeah what does it mean and i'm like oh okay yeah that would be unsettling i yeah okay yeah no, that does make sense is that it oh that, that's it okay cool yeah you know, that's good it's see i don't really think it's unsettling it's just kind of like okay so what does that mean physics no longer Mike, exists you need to get in a spooky headset i think you're oh. not in a spooky headspace you need <laughs> to be be like i want to be scared oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay that's my problem yeah okay you said i'm not the only one left <laughs> yeah. i have somebody to talk to <laughs> meanwhile i'm like there's somebody here to murder me <laughs> but <laughs> Then there are like the long form of two sentence horror stories 
which is horror movies. Ooh, look at this fucking segue. Oh, oh I know. shit. I know. Hair flip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I, um, we, we talked about Mike Flanagan a little bit in the last one. I think that's kind of a good segue to, to roll into this. Um, I love Stephen King. I've already mentioned him a couple times uh, on our podcasts. And I absolutely loved The Shining um, when Stanley Kubrick directed it. It was a great movie. Um, I watched the movie first and then I read the book years later. The book is so much better than the movie, but like very, very different too in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, Stephen King wrote a sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep that is a sequel to the book, not the movie. Mike Flanagan was tasked with make a sequel to the movie about the book that's not a sequel to the movie that's a sequel to the book and that was a hard task and I, I gotta give him credit man he did a fucking excellent job with this and we've, yeah. we've I think we've talked about it on the on the airwaves here before but he had a, he does a really really good job of combining the two and like I, first off respect to this dude I haven't really seen any of his other movies yet and I kind of need to because from the way Rambo speaks of him he's he's quite the uh, the expert when it comes to these horror movies but yeah the whole like concept of like writing about trauma essentially that's mostly what dr sleep is about and it's it's a really really good book it's a it's a pretty decent movie like i wouldn't say it's like amazing but it was it was really good ewan mcgregor does a great job as a grown-up danny torrance um yeah so i mean that's i wanted to kind of start there talking about horror movies that we love um yeah, it's really, really good, especially if you if you enjoyed the books uh, and or just enjoyed uh, the the Shining, the the Kubrick uh, version of the Shining uh, from the seventies. But um, yeah. yeah, let's let's kick it off there. Go ahead. I remember when I first heard that uh, that that King was going to do a sequel to The Shining and reading the concept, and I was like, Danny's a nurse that is like he's like a hospice nurse, and there's psychic vampires. What? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, man? And then seeing the movie and be like, oh, yeah, okay. All that makes sense. All that makes sense. <laughs> like, uh, that all clicked. I get it. Totally on board. Um, but, yeah. yeah, no, talk about a fucking uphill battle. Like, because, yeah. And and even King himself was like, I, I am known to not be a fan of that movie. And I think Mike has done an excellent job of combining these two things into one piece of media. Um yeah, that that could have easily gone badly, and instead you get a really great payoff for people from like multiple angles. Um, and oh god, just the end of that movie is so great. Yeah, the the end is very similar to the book. Um, yeah, except for it's kind of a mashup of the first book. And um, the second book. Okay. Um, I, I, I mean, at this really point, the movie's been out for over over a year. So, I mean, like spoilers if you haven't seen it. But like in the in the book, um, Danny lives, and like it's you can tell that this is about Stephen King's alcoholism, because like it's it's Danny Torrance dealing with the fact that he was an alcoholic and that like because Jess basically like you know the like have you seen the original Shining? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Shockingly enough, um, yeah. no, and it is on my list for this month. Right. So, the, the <laughs> whole concept is 
spoilers okay. or anything. <laughs> the whole concept of it is um, they go to this hotel in the mountains um, so that the father, uh, Jack Torrance, uh, can write, but he's going to be the caretaker for this hotel uh, in the wintertime to make sure that, you know, like nothing bad happens. And right. um, he takes his family with them. Um, his son is essentially psychic. Um, they call it the shining. Um, he has the ability to shine. And like, not only can he like use his psychic powers with other living people, uh, he sees the dead and it becomes a thing because this hotel's haunted. And the hotel is not just haunted, it's very, very haunted. And there's a lot of spooky shit. Um, just a really, really good movie across the board. There's way more to the story than that. I'm just giving you the kind of the quick gloss right. over. Um, in Dr. Sleep, it, they don't really talk about it, um, which is interesting in the movie. But in the book, they really spell it out. That the reason why he turned to alcohol was because it turns the shining off. Hmm. Well, I like, mean, they, they go into it. It's just not, it's, it's. Like that's why he ends up having to. Um, uh, it was it was why he yeah why he was he was um, he wasn't clean for so long. It's yeah. like that was the way that he was able to kind of like maintain his sanity in one way while surrendering yeah. surrendering it in another way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll probably have to watch the movie again then because I did, I must have missed that. Specific now line. I will say also like yeah. I think I watched the director's cut. Yeah. So I don't know if they're like, I don't know which one you watch and I don't know what is and isn't in the movie. I think I watched the director's cut as well. I'm okay. pretty sure I did because if I remember well, correctly, I watched. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll double check. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, overall the movie was, was great there. Oh man. A telltale sign of a good horror movie is when there's a scene that makes you really, really uncomfortable. And like, there's this scene with the baseball playing boy oh, that, God. ooh, man, that shit was rough. Okay. And it was bad in the book, dude. It was, I mean, Flanagan it. killing it. Yeah. Yeah, just such a great, such a great movie. Um, But like, yeah, okay, so the ending. In the book, like I said, he lives. You know, he lives through his trauma. And he's like, you know, I gotta take it day by day. And, and he talks about like being sober and like he's at an AA meeting at the end. And he's still in, um, and I cannot remember her name now, but basically like um, the the girl's name that has the shining that's like super powerful. Um, that was the other thing too, is like, did they establish that Jack Torrance is, um, is the grandfather of that girl in the, in the movie? Abra. No, that's something that is not explored at all. Yeah, no. So Jack Torrance is the father of Abra's mom. Yeah, that is, I mean, and like smart move on, on Lawrence's, uh, or on Flanagan's part, because that is a whole other layer to have to add to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, he's, yeah, there it, it's, she calls him uncle Dan, but it's more like, um, yeah. <laughs> See, like, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, he is I, uncle Dan. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he is. I don't think they go into that. Yeah. It's, I guess it's possible, but I don't put it this way. When you said that, I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely new. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but again, like it's not necessary for um yeah. for the for that, that movie. Like the movie doesn't need that extra layer. Like because in the same way that so so the the uh, the a little bit of backstory is like the villains in the movie, the antagonists in the movie, 
are these psychic vampires that they feed on um uh on people's psychic energy and people who are dead oh well especially like when they're afraid they that is even yes but then they find out that like the the most um delicious of feasts is when they find somebody who has the shining yeah and basically when they find other psychics yeah um, other people who can shine that becomes like oh fuck that's like super fulfilling and so they start preying on uh on people and um there's a little girl who is stupid powerful and accidentally catches their attention um, and so she starts reaching out to whoever she can, and Danny is one of the people that she reaches out to. Um, and it becomes this like, okay, Danny needs to, well, one, he needs to get clean just because he's super fucked up and it's ruining his life. Um, but it also becomes like, well, now I have a purpose beyond me. So the movie is him having to, A, cope with his own alcoholism, uh, both from his, both from like, the practical, like, I am doing this so I don't have to deal with this horrible shit, but also um, because uh, he is trying to avoid his, you know, he, he's, he's, he's self-medicating to avoid his trauma. And then he has a fucking brilliant idea uh, to be like, okay, well, there's one place I know that I might be safe from one thing uh, and so they go back to the Overlook. They go back to the hotel from the original story. And it then becomes full on like, all right, now we're not only are you now not not avoiding it, you're confronting your trauma. Um, yeah. Because it's him dealing with like his abusive father who like almost killed him and his mom and uh, himself was a horrible alcoholic. Um, and the, the, the end is... Um, he just serves up the, these, these fucking vampires to all of the ghosts in the Overlook. And it's like, oh, do you want psychic energy? Guess what, motherfuckers? (laughs) Yeah. You don't know what's coming. (laughs) So they, that again, this is where things got weird, not weird, but different. So in the book. Danny is a hospice nurse, as we talked about. Like, um, but what he does is he goes to see Abra's grandmother, um, who is dying of cancer, and Danny basically absorbs her cancer. Like, it, like helps her die, but absorbs that and is carrying it around with him, and like basically uses it as a trap because the psychic vampires come after him, and then he just kind of like because remember how he talks about the lockbox that he created in his head. Yeah. Yeah, he has that in there and then opens it up and the cancer just devours them. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, great movie, great book. Check it out if you can. Jess, since you had to sit out for this conversation, (laughs) I'm going out about this. Um, give it, give us a couple of your, like, give us at least one and we'll kind of go round table here. Um, your, some of your favorite horror movies. Um, so... I'm trying to, because I have a list here in front of me. Um, I would say probably, okay, so the first quote-unquote horror movie that I really got into. So, like, for reference, I do like, I have a lot of favorite horror movies that are older than this movie. But um, this was released when I was 
like just at the age where I could start watching horror movies. Um, and it had the most insane twist ending that I had, I had never experienced a twist in a movie before. And this was like the first one and it was a horror movie. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't see this coming at all. And that's the village. Have oh, yeah. Have yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, the movie itself, t again, I was, I was younger when I saw it. Um, so it absolutely horrified me. I've watched it since and I'm like, okay, this isn't as scary as I remember, but, um, that was definitely my first introduction. And for reference as a child, I was not allowed to watch like cable TV at all. Um, my mom very much wanted to protect me. I could only watch Disney movies, um, not even the Disney Channel. Um, I think I could watch some like Nick Jr. stuff most of the time. Um, but that was pretty much it up until I was about eight years old. I went and stayed with my dad and he literally put on the movie Hellraiser. <laughs> nice. And I had I started having like vivid nightmares about being kidnapped and my mom honestly thought that like an event happened to me while I was visiting him like a traumatic event and I was like no he just showed me Hellraiser after I've only been exposed to Disney movies and so I guess Hellraiser was technically my first thing into horror but that was <laughs> Not something that I really fully remember. Um, so The Village to me, one, was scary as hell because that was the first time I really sat down and watched a scary movie and paid attention to it and remember it. But in the movie, there it's like set in um, what you presume is like olden days. Um, I guess not quite colonial, right? Yeah, like I, it's, would, I would say colonial. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like maybe like okay. immediately post-colonial, but like definitely within like a couple years of that. Right. And there's like um they talk about like you can't go into these woods because they're haunted and there are demons and then you see these like creatures come out of the woods and um, people start going missing. And so the idea the whole time is like, okay, so there's creatures that live in the woods. If you go past a certain point, then you're going to die. And I think, and it's been a while since I've seen this. So if I'm incorrect about any of this and you know, let me know. <laughs> um, but I believe um, the character who goes through the woods, isn't she blind? Yes. Okay, so she's blind, so she doesn't, she can't see her surroundings, but she goes through the woods and gets out into the other side of the woods, and you see like a modern day road, and you're like, what is happening? And then a police officer pulls up, and like you start piecing together, like, this is not po immediate post colonial times this is modern day and this village of people just exists. And it like, just, it was the twist in it. I, I, my jaw fell to the floor. I was shocked, <laughs> but, um, like I said, so that's definitely not the scariest one. I do have others that I definitely would watch. Like, I probably wouldn't watch The Village again, but I feel like starting off, that was definitely, like, my introduction to the genre. 
and holds a special place in my heart for that twist ending. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. And like that, I can, I can absolutely see that being like fucking mind blowing, you know, as you're, as a younger person being like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's what? <laughs> right. That's insane. <laughs> like, that's so wild. Cause it, it definitely, it does, uh, uh, um, the thing about Shyamalan in particular is like if that's your first exposure to those kinds of movies, he definitely is very good at the, the it's the problem of like being a one trick pony. Right. It only bothers you if you've seen the trick. So if you haven't, if it's brand new to you, like it's fucking impressive. It's really cool. Um it's only after you've be, like watched a bunch of his stuff where you're like, oh, this is the same thing over again. Right, uh, right. But yeah, no, I, I remember seeing the village and be like, oh, that was like a, that was like a, you know, a, a, a Twilight Zone episode turned into a movie. Cool. Right. Yeah. I loved it. So that's my first one. I'll, for my first thing, I'll give a, I know we're going round table, but I will give a shout out to, so we don't have to like go into it, but um, Pan's Labyrinth. Um, yeah, very yeah. spooky. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that I would consider it like a horror movie per se. Um, but it definitely is scary in some parts. <laughs> so yeah, just shout out to Pan's Labyrinth as well. It Pan's is Labyrinth. a being, Um, just quick story about Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth was the reason why I almost got in a fist fight in a parking lot of a blockbuster because I had somebody, we were talking about movies, like, you know, you're finished with your shift, you start talking about movies. And like, I mentioned how good that movie was. And somebody said, oh, I find that people who like Guillermo del Toro's movies don't know anything about cinema. And I've <laughs> never been so mad in my entire life at somebody saying words to me. I was like, you do realize that Pan's Labyrinth got like a 15 minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, you do realize that he's an incredibly gifted director, that he studied film. And I was like, have you studied film? Oh, well, I watch a lot of movies. I was like, that's not the same fucking thing. Like, I, I've never been that <laughs> mad at somebody in my entire life. So, Bobby, if you're listening to this, fuck you, Bobby. Um, <laughs> Anybody who uses the term, I don't think they know anything about cinema. <laughs> like, you have lost the argument. Whatever we were talking about, you're done now. You have said your piece, and you can go have a seat. The idea that Guillermo del Toro, and specifically in talking about Pan's Labyrinth, oh, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. That is incredible. Thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> You're welcome. I've never been that mad in my entire life. Like, oh, dumbfounded. Asshole. Like, yeah. Just, the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Anyone who's a fan of Del Toro clearly knows nothing about cinema. Wow. It's like you were there. You sound exactly <laughs> like him. He's... <laughs> He's like the Robert Rodriguez of Michael Bay's. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about, you asshole? <laughs> I saw that movie uh, at a um, a DC Film Society screening, and um, 
getting to watch the VC Film Society is a lot of old white people. Um, <laughs> getting to watch that incredibly violent movie, um, like the scene with the wine bottle when the captain beats that guy's nose in, um, yeah. was, I mean, it's, it's already an incredibly intense and violent scene, but watching it in a theater filled with septuagenarians who are just like, we were here to see a fairy tale. Uh, <laughs> between that and the fact that fucking Del Toro was there, he was there for a Q and A. Oh, uh, shit. And I got to ask him a question too. Um, and that dude swears like a fucking sailor. He curses so much, and it was so clear that everyone was so uncomfortable at first and just had to get on board. Like, you need to just get over your bullshit and realize that this tiny Mexican man is just going to keep saying fuck. It's not going <laughs> to stop. Um, but yeah, I got to ask him about lighting and how important lighting was, uh, and color in particular. Uh, and he was a goddamn delight. Um, and it's one of my fonder memories. I do love that. Um, I can't remember what movie it was that he was making, but the um, the young Japanese actress who barely spoke English. It was uh, Pacific Rim. Thank you. It was Pacific Rim. Um, referred to him as uh, Totoro-san. She couldn't say Guillermo. Yeah. Be yeah, she had a lot of trouble because... Uh, um, like those particular sounds don't really exist in Japanese in the same way. And so he said, you can call me Totoro-san. And so she did. And there's a great little clip of the two of them dancing around like fucking Totoro and the little girl. I love that fucking, I love yeah. that fucking story. Rambo, give us a horror movie, man. Uh, so this is one that I watched very recently and really enjoyed. And a lot of people got really fucking mad. Hi, Xena. Um, <laughs> Malignant, oh, malignant, is, yeah. Uh, I believe is still currently on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, uh, I recommend going to see it. I recommend it with one caveat: know that you are basically watching a straight-to-video horror movie from the '80s that is made now with a modern budget. It is super high concept. It is very weird. Um, you need to buy in. It, this is this movie is a great example of why people like James Wan. Why, I can think of like three different horror directors in the last couple of years who have uh, uh, made very good superhero movies. And it is because in order to make a horror film, you cannot wink at the camera. You need to be buying your concept 100%, um, which isn't to say that you can't do silly horror stuff. You absolutely can. But if you're going to be being like, I mean, monsters are dumb, right? <laughs> like, isn't this stupid? You've lost the audience. Yeah. Um, and James Wan is a guy who has been like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, no, his name is Aquaman. You know, that guy's Ocean Master, and he's going to say those words out loud. And it's not going to be a joke. Patrick Wilson's going to say it, and he's going to be totally serious. Either get on board or don't, but get out of the way. Um, it is a. It, it is also done as, uh, like, stylistically, like, um, there is a 
horror subgenre called giallo, and it is uh, all of the Italian horror movies from the 70s and, and, and like uh, up through the 80s um, are all uh, called giallo movies. They tend to be a little artsier in places, like the lighting will be a little more colorful and creative. Um, blood in giallo movies tended to be like bright red paint um, because it was, they were going for a more graphic look and feel. Um, they are also very goofy and very weird um, in terms of their plots. And this is one of those things too. Like I, I want to talk about this, but if you can go into it knowing as little as possible, I think it's a better experience. Um, know that this is like, you are probably not going to be able to guess where this goes. I remember it, you, you know, recommending it to me after you um, watched it. And it also, so my partner and I, I'm so sorry to interrupt, um, but you recommended this movie. So my partner and I, we, at the beginning of the month, um, uh, got a bunch of cards with envelopes and put horror movies on oh. the cards, put them in envelopes and then put them in a little box. And so anytime we are going to watch a movie, we pull one out of the box and then it's a surprise. So I we haven't that. got, yes, we haven't pulled that one yet, but it is in the box. And I'm really excited because I remember you were uh, talking about that. And then I recommended Satanic Panic, but that's not on Amazon anymore. And I'm very upset. So, uh. but. Yeah, but um, yeah, that I'm very excited to watch that one. I can I can say a little bit about it. Um, our lead character is a woman who is in uh, an abusive relationship. A some kind of, of of force shows up, kills her her abusive husband, um, and then it becomes this sort of like mystery of like what is this force? What is this? creature or thing doing this um and how is it tied to her um and it just gets like bigger and weirder and more fun there's a a fucking ridiculous like wonderfully choreographed and very impressive also stupid fucking violent uh action sequence uh toward the the latter half of the movie um and yeah, it is, it's just a, it's a wild trip. Me and Katie were watching it just like, oh fuck, people are going to be really mad about this and just enjoying every second of it. Like I honestly, I think I'm going to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I, 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 I talked to, uh, to our friend, fr friend of the show, uh, Zena, and she hated it. Could not stand that movie. Um, I don't fault anybody for not liking it. I understand that it's kind of a big buy-in and either either you're in or you're not. And if you're not, you're not gonna like it. But I think if you can can buy the concept, you'll dig it. Yeah, I, I, I wanna see it now because for the most part, I trust your judgment when it comes to film. So um, I'll have to watch it. So we have now come all the way around the table back to me uh, as far as favorite horror movies. They just did a remake. Um, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it because, like, honestly, I'm still not really comfortable going to movie theaters. Um, they just redid Halloween again. Mm, um, mm -hmm. I, the original 
90, I think it was like 79 maybe is when it came out with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. That's my jam. That is so good. So one of good. my favorite horror movies of all time because I love the concept of there's no explanation why he's murdering everyone. Like that's scary as shit to me. This is not like I was wronged as a child and all the pretty people made fun of me. No, it's just like, I'm just going to walk around in a mask and murder people. Oh, yeah, and she's my sister. Okay, like, so why don't you just at Jason Voorhees next time? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And something that I posted about recently, which Rambo, you saw, um, is... I like that backstory of not knowing the backstory. I just recently learned, so I'm very much into Friday the 13th and Halloween. Never got into Nightmare on Elm Street. Never did, didn't care for it. But one of the movies we pulled from the from the horror box um, was Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> and I fucking love that movie. It, it honestly, because at first I was like, this literally only exists to watch them fight but then i was like that's literally godzilla vs kong which i loved so like that people give the people what they want um but then i actually learned about freddy krueger's backstory hate it hate him and i get it like you of course you want to make a character that like i guess people will hate but at the same time i'm just like there is not a single i hate him i don't think he's funny i there is a spot now in my heart that didn't exist before that hates Freddy Krueger. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Michael Myers, Halloween, love, love those films. I heard the remake though. I've heard mixed reviews and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's um, called Halloween Kills. I don't even know what the title of it was. I'm just, I'm looking it up right now. It is, so I'll, I will set one thing straight. It is not a remake. Oh, it's not. No. It is a direct sequel to the last movie called Halloween. 2018. I the 2018 say. one. Yeah. Not yeah, not the Rob Zombie one. Um, oh, I liked the, I liked the Rob Zombie one. It was I mean it was it wasn't great. It was okay. I mean but like so it was it was good enough. About, that's how I feel about all of his films. <laughs> the, <laughs> Rob Zombie. They're, they're not great, but enough, okay. <laughs> We, we, so so the, uh, an interesting thing has happened with movies in the last like 10 or 15 years where basically people have realized w once we opened the door to sequels out of sequence, um, that had that, that perked up a bunch of ears. And by that, I mean, with uh, with the David Gordon Green 2018 Halloween, that is a sequel to the first Halloween, and I hate that they did this, also called Halloween. Um, that is one of my, my very significant pet peeves, is when movies in a sequence have the same title. Like, no, goddammit, call it something else. Um, so there are actually like three timelines in the Halloween universe. What? Yeah, uh, there's, there's, uh, I, I, I can't remember all of them, but one of them is Halloween 1979, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills. And then the, 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 the forthcoming Halloween Ends. Um, but even before that, there are 
multiple times. There's there are two timelines, one where Michael and Lori are related, one where they're not, um, and like the, the and like the current one is is uh, at least with the most recent movie is the one where they're not related, um, and yeah. So like when when the 2018 Halloween ends, Halloween Kills picks up within minutes of that movie ending. Hmm. I really thought that was going to be the end too. I was real pissed. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I, I was so fine with it just ending there. I was like, this was kick ass. I feel yes. like completed. I feel great about this. And then I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> I will say that uh, maybe don't watch the new one. Maybe okay. just have it be that the, the, the 2018 <laughs> one is the last one you watched. Um, because if you're, if what you want to see is Michael Myers fucking shit up? By all means, watch Halloween Kills because that dude fucks some shit up. Like it is super violent. Um, oh, it's Michael. Uh, what? How, Halloween Kills? No, uh, 2018 one. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the 2018 Halloween Killers is on Peacock. Yes, it is on Peacock. Um, the, the 2018 one is very good because it is a direct sequel to the to the original movie. It picks up in real time so jamie lee curtis is playing laurie strode as she is as she would be now yeah. uh it, it is not dissimilar from the uh the rocky babo conversation you and i had a couple episodes back okay. um halloween kills is tr- I, I i know what they were trying to do i appreciate the idea it is not successful um it's supposed to be this like commentary on violence and mob mentalities and uh, not really cancel culture, but like um, uh, the 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 wisdom of the crowd kind of shit, and that doesn't really work when you're pitting the monstrous nature of the crowd against the actual monster that is just executing motherfuckers throughout the town. Um, right. And yeah, it, it, I'm real, I'm going to watch the ends. Uh, I'm real curious to see how they're going to end that trilogy. Um, or David Gordon Green's gonna, uh, because I don't know where you go from here. Right. Like it's yeah. Um, but yeah, the 2018 into the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 2018 movie is fucking dope. Um, Michael is not the problem in that movie. It's, it's the weird social commentary that felt very tacked on. Um, anyway, yeah. So Halloween, Mike, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, for the most part, I'm not a big fan of remakes in general. So I still go with like the original, like I love the original one. Um, I'll probably check out the 2018 one. I mean, maybe I'll see Halloween kills. It was funny that like, there's literal, ugh, just, it's so funny watching boomers write news articles. Um, as they um, as they try to trash Halloween Kills because somebody on Twitter made a sarcastic joke that Michael Myers is homophobic because he killed a uh, gay couple. And they were like, somebody literally put on Twitter, they're like, I like the movie until he did this. He's obviously homophobic. Like, it's sarcastic because he kills everyone. But, like, the fact that boomers are just like, can you believe that these damn kids think that uh, this is ridiculous? People are too sensitive. Like, it was a fucking joke, dude. Like... Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, also the scores in Halloween. Can we just talk about that? 
the uh, musical scores. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my, like, like iconic act, yeah. like the sound of Halloween to me. There's, are you like, dun, 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 dun. oh, I love it. I used to listen to that when I was on the elliptical. <laughs> Get you going, huh? There are trap remixes of it. Listen Play to that too. And they are so good. I just, uh, the music really so good. John Carpenter in general um, did a lot of, I'm a big fan of John Carpenter. So and Halloween was a good music. Pick. Yes. Big fan of Halloween. Yeah, oh, 100%. It? I am I am as well. Um, enough so that I'll watch these other ones. I just remember there were sequels they made, and, like, they try to explain why he was murdering everybody. And, like, yeah. apparently he was, like, um, possessed by some, um, like, Gaelic spirit or some shit like that. Like, if I remember correctly, like, it was... He can't be homophobic then. But I'm too... <laughs> <laughs> I frequently look a gay. Ho! Another one of your favorite horror So we're only really going around this one last time, right? Yeah, pretty I'm much. Yeah. Okay, so what I'm going to do then is just, because I have this list, Yeah. I'm going to give the rapid ones fire. I have, and yeah. then just, yeah, rapid fire. So starting off with like the oldest one on my list, um, I I saw this one at, outdoors with a live organist um playing and it was so freaking cool i saw it like two years ago and that's nosferatu love the original yeah so cool and seeing it with the live organist was just like a whole other experience but honestly i was like i don't know that i'm gonna love this it was honestly the first silent film that i've seen like the whole way through um very good very creepy but also kind of funny in some parts that like intentional funny in some parts um love knows for um evil dead one and two uh like the second one more than the first one but what it's a better movie evil dead two is a better movie 100 yeah. percent. oh yeah a, a lot of people <laughs> will try and argue like no they're both fucking brilliant no the first one no. is good the second no, no, one is no. very good <laughs> And honestly, the um, the makeup and um, quote unquote effects of the movie aren't good, but honestly, it makes it so much scarier. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the effects in that movie. It doesn't look real, but holy shit, it's scary to me. <laughs> the way that things like move around so fast. Yeah, that was a scary one. Um, Carrie, of course, a classic. Yeah. Uh, the original Carrie. I know there have been some remakes. And the remake that I saw, I think it was with... Um, when was it? Um, not the 76. Was it the, the miniseries or the movie? I want to say it was a movie. The girl had bangs. She had brown hair and bangs... Um, I cannot remember. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like my favorite or anything, but, um, I'll need to find it another time. Um, original though is the one that I like. Um, and then Psycho, 
love that movie. I've seen that one a million times. Um, um, get, hold on just a second. Sorry, my partner just poked their head into the door and was like, hey, are you going to talk about Rosemary's Baby? Are you going to talk about It was not on my list, but Rosemary's Baby apparently has to be thrown in here. <laughs> um, but then I kind of got into the newer kind of horror genre of um, Parasite was I saw that in theaters and I thought it was phenomenal. I loved it. Hereditary traumatized me. Um, that, movie, that movie scared the living shit out of me. And I have like visual trauma of watching that movie and think about it constantly. It's not on my list, but Midsummer um, also fucked me up, but not as much as Hereditary. Um, and then Cabin in the Woods. And then the last one that we watched most recently is uh, The Strangers. And the only reason, this movie in itself is not very scary to me. It's like creepy. It's very much of its time, like um, 2000s. Um, like, Which ooh. one is that one? Is it the one with Liv Tyler? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, why, did you, why are you doing this? Because you were home? That and that's it. That single line made that movie so much scarier to me. If they didn't have that line in it, wouldn't give a fuck. Would not care. It wouldn't be that scary to me. But them saying the reason why we did this is because you were home instilled a fear in me that <laughs> I didn't have before seeing that movie. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about horror playing on fears that we already have and traumas that we already have and i feel like everybody honestly is terrified of having a home invasion but then like you boost it up to the level of them literally just fucking with them and like trying to kill them just because they were home and like i said if they didn't have that line in it this movie would not be on the list whatsoever yeah. um that was actually the reason why i didn't like that movie like i didn't even finish it was like because it relied too heavily on that just right. on that and i was like that's not fucking good enough all right whatever like and it and, just kind of gave up on it right and the one that i do want to talk about is cabin in the woods cabin woods is also on my list i love that movie and yeah. my partner loves that movie clearly rambo loves that movie and honestly the fact that you said that it's on your list i'm like i got one right <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a, a solid list of movies. One of my answers was correct. <laughs> but Cabin in the Woods did the same thing with the twist, but it was like a twist and then a twist. Like when you thought that it was done and you were like, ooh, somebody's controlling it. That's funny. Then the red phone rings and you're like, what? What are you talking about? You're feeding uh, you have to feed this demon <laughs> essentially is yeah. like the, like the virgin. Um, yeah. I think that uh, Rambo, you'll probably have more to say about that movie. And um, I'm sorry, I missed one. Just Jennifer's body. I like that movie too, just because it's funny. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily scary, but I, it has to go on my list. But yeah, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah. 
I love the tropes that they have throughout that movie of like referencing uh, like, oh, well, we have to have a naked woman or a topless woman in this part. So let's release the fumes for <laughs> um, like them having sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's put the pheromones out so that'll because because no, no reasonable person's gonna go out in these creepy fucking woods and want to strip and fuck. <laughs> like, so let's go ahead and uh, introduce these pheromones that will make them all horny. Right, right, yeah. So that's my list. Um, Good list. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, <sighs> hereditary. I hate it. Um, <laughs> open the first one that came up, and it's just that is okay. Maybe since you have Cabin in the Woods on yours, we'll chat about that. But Hereditary, I didn't see it come. Everyone was like, "That is that movie will fuck you up. It is so scary." I couldn't sleep, and I was like, "Uh, oh, you guys are dramatic." I hear that every time a horror movie comes out. And Mike, have you seen Hereditary? No, I don't. I don't even know what that's about. What is that one about? Oh. <laughs> I I don't know that you want to watch it. <laughs> it is really fucking intense. It is very fucking intense. So it's about um the the matriarch of the family passes away and then um her daughter and grandchildren. So like the family of the, the movie that is actually set on, they start like figuring out things about their family and their past. Yeah. But it's like the way that they do it is terrifying. And that's, that is not in, that's not overstating it. I will say that that watching that movie, I experienced terror that I have not experienced with any other movie that I've ever seen. <laughs> Ari Aster does the same kind of let's explore familial trauma um, with horror that Mike Flanagan does, um, but he does it. He does it in this way that is um, it's it's not necessarily as fantastical, and because of that, it, it takes on this very mundane kind of quality which makes it all the more disturbing when fantastical elements appear um it's 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 funny like there's there's a, a through line through a bunch of your movies where like it is the 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 scary the the fear is in um the the normalcy or the normalizing of things um like with the strangers where it's 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 scary because they weren't targeted it's scary because they, like they didn't have a connection. You just happened to be here. Like this is like we are a passing storm, and you happen to be in the field underneath us. Um, hereditary. Uh, me and Katie were watching that, and we were enjoying it, but we were both kind of disappointed because because we thought this was more of a straightforward horror movie. And I won't say what like to whom this happens, but. Um, we're watching and we were both kind of having the realization of like, oh, this isn't really like a supernatural horror movie. This is more of like a sort of a psychological, you know, isn't this fucked up kind of horror movie. And then someone burst into flames. And we were both like, oh, <laughs> that, oh, okay, no, we're wrong. <laughs> like, this is definitely like, there's some supernatural shit going on. Um, I 
and I don't know that the again I won't say who does this it just has to be said it's not really a spoiler it's the same type of spoiler as saying somebody bursts into flames but there is a part of this movie that is etched so hard into my brain I'm sure I know what it is <laughs> that I even thinking of I have goosebumps right now thinking about it <laughs> and in the movie at one point one of the characters is sawing their own head off with a piano cord Jesus Christ yeah and it's not it's not even that the movie is intensely gory either it's not because when we're saying things like somebody bursts into flames and somebody like is sawing their head off it's not even that it's like a bloodbath of a movie and I think that makes it like Rambo said that makes it even scarier is that literally one of the reviews of it is this movie is incredibly dull and disturbing so there isn't a lot of it that's like so freaking over the top, blood all over the walls, guts going everywhere. No, it's very, when something happens in it, it's just disturbing. And like that, <laughs> that moment of the movie, I was like, huh, I will, this, it quite literally is a form of trauma in me now. So <laughs> I will be thinking about this I scene just... until the day that I die. <laughs> I just read through the wiki of that movie. Fuck me. Like <laughs> when you get the reveals, I mean, so I, if you've already read through it, I, I got no problem not talking about it then. No, talk through it, dude. I just so read through it. Like... <laughs> the, the movie is, a, I mean, it's, it's, it's exploring the whole, you know, the idea, like, 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 like what you said about, um, uh, about the, the loss of this woman, but it's, it's taking the, I mean, like the, the, the term hereditary as in it's in the blood, it's in the fat, like in your family. Um, and like pass from generation to generation. In in this case, it's not just talking about like, you know, oh, you have brown eyes because your grandmother had brown eyes and I have brown eyes and blah, blah, blah. It's generational trauma, but also um, the idea that certain things can be set up to be paid off by later generations. Um, it is, it's, it's, the, it's the idea that inher inheritance isn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah. And so, you, you know, when you when you go from the, you know, we're dealing with pain and horrible things to to, oh no, this isn't all random happenstance. This is happening because it, we needed a couple generations removed to set this to set this character up as the embodiment of this demon. Um, because when it, when the ball starts rolling, it goes fast. It real once, it goes real fast. <laughs> once once they God, I'm getting fucking used when I'm talking about it. I um, am too. <laughs> once because it because it it all like yeah Gabriel Byrne bursts into flames. Him and him and uh, 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 Tony 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 Collette are married and they're having this fight. And also the fucking performances in that movie are phenomenal. Tony Collette deserves all the Oscars. That woman is incredible. If you haven't seen United States of Terra, I highly recommend that because she's playing like six different characters. Um, she is, uh, uh, she's just absolutely wonderful in the movie. And, and Gabriel Byrne is doing a great job as, um, as like trying to be like the doting husband and like help her work through all this horrible shit. Um, but part of the, the the sort of the dullness about it is grief is boring. 
There's nothing exciting about it. There's nothing. There's there's no fun to be had there. It's just dull, aching pain, and it just carries through the entire movie until you get to the the reveal of like, well, this is all. These are all the things that have been set up, um, and this is what you're expected to to take on as. Uh, uh, as, as like you're ascending from childhood or adolescence up through adulthood, um, it is yeah the 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 sequence where uh, where she decapitates herself is one of the most disturbing things I've seen on film. Um, it also is is not foreshadowed exactly, but it's called it, it's called up. Um, it, it ends up being a callback to a sequence that happens earlier through just a fucking accident. It was a and, total accident. And talking about when you were talking about the grieving in the movie, when she finds out that somebody else has died, there is a guttural scream yeah. that she lets out that echoes through the entire house. That is, it's, it is so real. Again, getting goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> um, it is, so real of someone who has lost somebody and but like the horror of how it happened and thinking uh, it's just mike if you want to shit yourself and <laughs> maybe traumatize yourself a little bit um definitely watch it <laughs> really looking forward to it put it this way this is not a horror movie you can watch with jacks no, absolutely. This is this is very <laughs> much a like this is a horror movie for adults. Um, there's nothing fun about this. There's nothing like there are a handful of little jokes kind of peppered throughout, but there's really no levity in this movie. Um, no. It is it's jokes to make you not actually lose your sanity. I think like yeah, there like, yeah. mentally unwell people are going to watch this. So like we maybe don't <laughs> want to drive them to killing themselves afterwards. <laughs> and that's me. I'm, I'm the mentally unwell people. <laughs> one of the, honestly, one of the most disturbing visuals for me in the movie is right at the end. And it's, it's like, when the sun is sort of ascending into his like demonhood oh, and like yeah. he's sort of he's sort of accepting like okay this is well this is th like this is what is expected of me and right. so this is what i'll do and there's it's it's a it's a it's a, a two shot where you have um the you know his decapitated mother on her knees looking away from him and then it cuts and she has turned around to like worship at his feet. And the way it's handled, something about the, like this decapitated body, like turn, like not, not you don't see it turn. It just is turned. Um, there's something so unsettling about the way they do that. Um, because like, so like you'll see, you'll see like a body missing its head in a movie. And if it's moving around, you're usually like, oh, okay, well that's person in the suit. You can kind of see the slit where they can see through, see out of it and everything. Like. You you end up seeing it and being like, oh okay, well this is, it's the it's the same kind of problem they run into with special effects, if they want to like uh, uh, like remove someone's nose, you can't actually sculpt an, a, a like a, a prosthetic to remove something like that. Everything, all prosthetics are additive. Um, right. So when they show you, oh this is what a body looks like without a head and it's still moving around. And it's not being done in a way that isn't 
uh, uh, ultra realistic, um, it is so much more disturbing. And you, you like, get a similar good. I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm like scared thinking about this right now. <laughs> I'm like thinking about the movie is scary. <laughs> you get a similar thing yeah. from uh, Aster's next movie, uh, Midsummer. Yeah. And the big difference in, in, in that, like, it's it's I don't think it's as it, it's as dull as the movie is. I think it is um, more of a very slow burn and a slow like indoctrination because that movie is all about here's how easy it is to join a cult. Right. Like to be taken in by it. Um, when again, when 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 violence happens, it is quick and it is brutal and it is unflinching but most of the movie it's not there so when it does happen it hits you way harder um and almost all of midsummer is done in bright sunshine yeah so i remember ends, i started oh, dis- i started dissociating halfway through that movie <laughs> That's yeah. i i was like i think i'm having a panic attack actually so <laughs> this is fun a- movie that starts with a horrible horrible murder suicide um and then it's like okay now we're gonna take a trip you're like wait what (laughs) okay yeah let's do that because we gotta get away from all this horrible shit um and then it doesn't really let up it 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 it, it basically it hits you super hard it kind of releases you for a second and you know, like you're you're on the roller coaster and it's slowly going up. Like you're you're hitting the ascension for the first hill, and you keep waiting to come down. Only what happens is it it, it doesn't. You don't hit the hit the peak and drop. You hit the peak and kind of level off and very slowly come down. And by the end of it, you're like, oh yeah, I, I can see why, I can see why she would buy into all of this. Right. Whereas in Hereditary, like you said, once the ball's rolling, you are you're basically on the drop zone at Kings Dominion at that point. Like you are there's no turning back, there's no breaks, there's nothing, there's no going back. So yeah, I we uh we got a little bit of time left here. Let's let's go ahead and uh rapid fire the uh the rest of our horror movies. Um (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. It was a good conversation, you know. Um was that was that your last Jess? Was that all of them or did you have any more? That was no. Okay. Um, Rambo, as the horror expert, I'm going to let you close out. I'm going to go with my my list here uh, real quick. When it comes to horror movies, there's really recently I haven't watched a lot. Um, it sounds like I have some homework to do. Um, but all of mine are like classic ones. Um, as Jess mentioned, Carrie, the original Carrie was I, I absolutely love. Not even as a horror movie. I just love it because it's a great revenge flick. Like she, these people make fun of her. They're dicks to her. And she's just like, oh, yeah, you didn't know. I have telekinesis. I'm fucking killing all of you. And like, it it doesn't really become a horror movie until the end when she goes home and her mom's trying to murder her. Like, that was some shit. And like, yeah, yeah, just absolutely love that. Um, I mentioned uh, my love of The Shining uh, and of Doctor Sleep. Um, Some more like contemporary ones that I absolutely loved. um, And these are two of just like my absolute favorites of all time. Um, It's not just horror, it's sci-fi horror. And that's Event Horizon. Like, I fucking love that movie so much because it is so fucking scary. 
like I remember watching this, I was maybe like 15 or 16 years old and I was watching it in the basement of my dad's house in the middle of the night. That was a bad fucking idea. Like <laughs> that movie is so disturbing and frightening and like Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park seems like a nice guy. He's Australian, he's friendly. No, he gets possessed by a demon and it's fucking frightening. Um, I just, yeah, I absolutely love that movie. And it's still to this day, like, still creeps me out just thinking about it now. I actually haven't seen that movie, so that'll go I, in the box. I would highly recommend that you watch that one. Agreed. I, I really enjoy that one a lot. It's a haunted um, house movie in space. Yes. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact about uh, about that movie. Um, fuck, I have totally lost his name. Sam Neil. Sam Neil. Shit. Yeah. Um, Sam Neil's character in the movie is um, Australian, I think. Yeah. Are you going to talk about the flag on his uniform? Yeah. Yeah. The flag on his uniform. Yeah. Um, he's because because he's he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. And I can't remember if it's the Australian flag or the New Zealand flag that he's wearing. Australian, yeah. Yeah, so he's wearing the Australian flag, and the movie takes place in the far-flung future. And so everybody, you know, uh, who everybody from their respective countries has their respective flag on their uniform, and his is the Australian one. Only he specifically asked that instead of the Union Jack, they replace it with the with the Australian Aboriginal flag. Yes, because he's like. In the future, we'll have gotten the shit right. Yeah. Oh. And it's this tiny little detail that if you're not looking for it, you'll never see it. But he specifically asked for that detail to be on there. Okay. So I got, I got the rest of my, my list here. So, um, so another one. And actually, I had never seen this when it first came out. But um, my lovely, adoring wife uh, introduced me to it. And we watched it um, when we first started dating. And that's Candyman. Like the original like fuck that movie like that is such a good horror movie and like tony todd has like the greatest voice of all time when it comes to pretty much anything like he's just like he's so eloquent in that movie and it's like it's like you're being murdered by an english professor like yeah <laughs> like yeah absolutely love that one um haven't seen the new one i don't know how the new one is um i'd mentioned the shining Love that one. The Shining is one of those movies when it starts, if you if you're not prepared for it, you might get bored. But The Shining is like this perfect crescendo. It starts slow and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then like by the end, it's just like all hell is breaking loose. Um, 28 days later. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mostly because we get um, the first of the sprinting zombies. Ugh, um, I hate I, it. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the shit out of this movie, but like the, the social commentary that came with this, like basically there's a point in the movie where like the main main characters are rescued um, by, mil by military who are trying to save society. Um, and after staying with them, they witnessed that their plan is basically pretty horrific of what they're going to do. And then you wonder who the real monsters are, the, the infected or the survivors. And you even see one of the main characters so consumed with rage that he like gouges a dude's eyes out with his thumbs. And you're just like, this whole zombie virus is all, they call it the rage virus. And you're just like, one of the other survivors is like, how do we know that you're not infected? Holy crap, his rage just caused him to kill this person. 
it, the correlation was just really, really good. Danny Boyle directed this and just did such a fucking great job with this. Um, I like this next one specifically. I mean, and there's like some some um, uh, honorable mentions that I have, like it. Um, I, I still haven't seen the new ones, and I, I know I kind of need to watch them. But like the original like miniseries from the '90s, like it was. I like great that up one better. Really? Yeah. It was great up until the end, and then you saw the big rubber spider, and I'm like, the fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, but I think that just adds, like, yeah. I don't know. I think it's when I watched it, um, again, kind of more recently. I don't just like knowing that it's an older uh, series. Yeah. I think, I don't. Yeah. I think it goes along the lines of like buying into it, like what Rambo was saying before. Yeah. I think that it's a classic. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> My favorite, and this I catch shit for this all the time. In my opinion, it's one of the first multimedia movies that could benefit from the internet and what the internet could do in, in the internet's infancy, and that's the Blair Witch Project. Um, a lot of people are like, hey, I can't watch it because of like the 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 camera. It just makes me sick. It gives me motion sickness. Okay, I'm sorry. Like I, you can't control that. I, I get okay, that. well, I'm sorry. I was literally about to say that. So. Yeah. <laughs> and again, too, like. I, I can't control that, and, and that's, I, yeah, if that's the reason you can't watch the movie, I get it. But, like, I loved this movie so much because it felt real. They had that found footage thing going on. Um, but also, too, like, when you find out about, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff on how they made this movie, it's even better. But, like, they, yeah, all of this, when this came out in 1999, if you lived in this area, Rambo, you can attest to this, they made this feel like this actually happened in this area because it was filmed in the um, in the Black Hills of Maryland. Mm -hmm. And they made it seem like this was a real fucking thing. And they did a documentary on sci-fi. They had a website, the website BlairWitch.com basically was like, it was like a missing poster for these kids. And it talks about it. It was just, it was a viral marketing thing. It was like the first time they'd really done something like that. It was fucking genius. And like the end of that movie is so creepy and you never see the monster. And that's what makes this movie so good. I think that for my generation, which like, I, of course, like my partner, for example, loves Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, I will legitimately vomit if I watch it. But for my generation, I think that was like paranormal activity. That movie was terrifying to me, but I could watch it because of the way that it was set up as like security cameras in the house. But I remember leaving the theater and vehemently searching to see if that was if it was real like yeah. if it was actual found footage if like this was a real documentary that like they were just putting out to the public um i think that was like the equivalent feeling that you had watching that movie yeah. um whereas i it was paranormal activity for me because again <laughs> you don't see the actual you don't see it yeah and it's fuck that that's what makes you scary, yeah, because you have no idea what it is. Um, Rambo, man, what you got for your list? Your your rapid fire here, and then we'll wrap up. Um, okay, so this is on every list I make about this kind of shit. Oculus, I fucking love Oculus. It's a movie about a haunted mirror. Um, yeah, so you talked is, about that one. Yeah, uh, it's, my, it's fucking Mike Flanagan movie. Um, and it is about like you know fucking abuse and dealing with abuse and, and different perspectives on that. Um, one sibling has has gone through a lot of. Uh, 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 treatment for it, the other one has not, and so their perspectives are completely different. Um, and there's a lot of fucked up psychological shit in that movie. Um, 
recent one was The Empty Man, uh, which is a horror movie about an urban legend and the origins of an urban legend that span like the globe and are like hundreds or thousands of years old, um, as told through the lens of an American private detective uh, trying to find out who killed somebody. Um, Cabin in the Woods is just Cabin in the Woods is one of those movies that if you if you aren't a huge horror movie fan, you can definitely watch it and appreciate it. But if you are, if you are someone who is is really into these kinds of movies, it is a meta justification for every horror movie that has ever existed and will ever exist. Um, it is smart and funny. It is full of uh, uh, turning tropes up on its up on their ears and really exploring like why certain things happen in certain films, like playing with cliches and tropes and, and, and um, sort of examining them and having fun with them. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just incredibly well executed and, and engaging movie. Um, uh, another recent movie was The Invisible Man. Uh, it is basically like the sequel to Gaslight. Um, Elizabeth Moss gives an incredible performance uh, in a movie that is uh, basically this woman, I can't remember if she's married to the guy or if, if they're just dating, I think, I think they're married. Um, but this dude who's just an abusive piece of shit, uh, who I think she is, yeah, she leaves him and then he dies. He ends up dead. Um, and in his will, he left her like millions of dollars uh, on the condition that she's like, you know, not found to be mentally incompetent within like X amount of time. Um, and then things start happening around her. Uh, and the movie becomes, is she crazy? Or is there actually like some sort of force that is surrounding her? Like, is it his ghost? Is it, uh, uh, you know, some actual monster? Um, it's fucking dope. Uh, highly recommended. Um, really? I also have, yeah, I watched, no, I watched the previews and like, cause they were all over either Hulu or Netflix. I can't remember which one. I think it was Hulu because, um, uh, what's it called? It's on Hulu. Handmaid's Tale is on Hulu. Um, and yeah. I just, I was like, I was fucking sick of that movie before it even came out because <laughs> the ads, I was just like, I do not give a shit about this. I was like, this looks cheesy <laughs> as shit. I was like, fuck her and her Scientology bullshit. Um, I, <laughs> I'm looking at it now and I'm I'm definitely going to watch it like I was yeah. on the same page as Mike I also know that you have a particular disdain for her Scientology background um, which I'm, I'm not yeah. going to I'm not going to try and argue out of one way or the other um, I gotta give I gotta give her this man she's a good actress because I continue to watch Handmaid's Tale even knowing how much of a piece of shit she is so like I'm on the fence with her like I'm not in the in the boat where I'm like I'm not watching anything she does but like she's on my radar and it's not going to take much for her to piss me off so it's, it also does a good job of uh in the same way that inception did where they were like so okay so the movie is about going into people's dreams and shit well how do you do that and they have like two lines where, where joseph gordon levitt's like oh it was developed by the military they're machines we have that's all you need to know it's all you need to know there's a dream machine that's it how's it work doesn't fucking matter that's not what the story's about. Yeah. Um, there's very quick, like, discussion of technology and how it functions, and that's it. Um, Good enough, yeah. Uh, but, 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 that's most of it. I have two more. They're both remakes, one from the 80s, one from the 2000s, The Blob and Fright Night. 
These are Fright two... Night is so good. Oh my it's god, super... I can't believe that. It's so fucking good. Uh, Colin Farrell's incredible in that movie. Um, there are two great examples of um, not trying to do exactly what the original did, uh, doing a, at the time, modern version of uh, uh, basically taking what works about the concept and adapting it to a modern audience. Uh, the Blob in particular is way gorier and way more violent uh, than the original. Um, it does still have that sort of like 50s era feel to it, only uh, with uh, then modern uh, technology and, and, and makeup effects. Uh, and even though even though it is set in like modern times in the, uh, when that was made, um, it's just a really good, really like, how do you deal with a creature that doesn't have a given form? Like it is just this thing. Like it, it doesn't have, it's like if, it's like if a zombie movie, the zombie was one zombie and it was just everywhere. Um, there's, there's, you know, you have no idea how, how large it is. You have no idea of really what the threat is. Um, and there's no conversation you can have with it. There's no tricking, tricking it into doing something. There's no, uh, you can't, uh, uh, if you want to get rid of it, you have to get rid of all of it. Because if you don't, it just comes right back. Um, and then Fright Night, Fright Night, the way they handle vampires in the modern Fright Night is um, there's a there's a line that made it into the trailer where uh, uh, Chris Remins Plass is playing Evil uh, Evil Eddie, and he's talking to Charlie, the lead. Um, played by the very sadly late Anton Yelchin. Um, and he's like, you know, there's a vampire in our fucking neighborhood. And, you, you know, your new neighbor's a vampire. And he's like, oh, you read too much Twilight. And he's like, no, man, he's not like, this isn't a fucking, like, this isn't like an Anne Rice, you know, uh, uh, like pretty, like, uh, uh, you know, sexy vampire. He's the fucking shark from Jaws. And that is exactly <laughs> how Colin Farrell plays it. Colin Farrell is a predator in every sense of the word. Every time you see him, he dresses like a frat guy from the late nineties. Um, every person he speaks to, he wants to eat fuck or both. Um, and he is, I mean, it's Colin Farrell. So you're like, I mean, I'm down for at least some of that. Um, <laughs> but it's in that way, like, he manages like his performance manages to make you uncomfortable like it's even a person that you find attractive that you're like you're giving me bad vibes man like no i i'm i'm not interested um like yeah every person he approaches he says the same thing he's like hey guy how you doing and it's so like yeah no no thank you <laughs> like keep your distance sir um one of my favorite <laughs> details is wears a fucking like leather cuff bracelet which I'm like, yes, that is absolutely the kind of douchebag shit that we would have on. Um, but it's really funny, and it, there's a couple little cameos from people in the uh, from the the, the previous movies. Um, uh, uh, David Tennant comes back, or not comes back, but like, it plays uh, the Peter Vincent character, and they update him from a horror movie host 
to a uh, a Vegas stage magician uh, that like leans in like horror tropes and things. Um, there's even like a very cliche. They didn't have to make this connection, but but they did in that movie that I am totally willing to forgive and pass by every time I see it because the other the rest of the movie is so goddamn good. Um, yeah, it's just really fucking well done. Uh, really uh, like creepy and scary in places and like a fucking violent vampire movie. Um, and like one last thing, uh, uh, The Strain. The Strain is a four season TV show, yes. uh, ran on Hulu, uh, ran on F FX. I think you can still watch it on Hulu. Um, Guillermo del Toro doing a, uh, a vampire apocalypse story. And uh, if you liked uh, the vampires in Blade 2, you will like The Strain. Uh, has some really great character actors and incredible characters throughout with a lot of wonderful payoff for all those characters. So highly recommend that as well. Well, you know, if you like Gilmo del Toro, except for I find that people who like him don't know anything about cinema. <laughs> don't know anything about cinema. Cinema. It's like, the, you know, that... Um, later season of uh, Letterkenny when they started talking about people who go to LA and they don't even say LA anymore. They're like, LA. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> a lot. Have you I even had tacos if you haven't had them from LA? I would love to continue you this conversation to tell you how wrong you are, but my mom's here. That's so dead on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fantastic. I fucking love this time of year. I love the weather. I love Halloween. I love scary shit. I love candy. It's all fucking wonderful. Um, so thank you to the both of you, to both uh, Jay Dilla and to James Rambo, because they are, when it comes to horror flicks, they're my go-to. I ask them if it's good and they will point me in the right direction. And I appreciate that about them. Um, that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episodes of App Diner. We appreciate y'all joining us and listening and contributing to all of the things that you do. It's just, it's awesome, again, that we're seeing people who are like-minded. Uh, we have our Facebook group and like seeing people become friends because of the nerdy, geeky things that we talk about is awesome. And same thing with this podcast knowing that we're reaching people is, is just incredibly humbling, but just, it's, it's fun. It's what keeps me doing this. Like I get to talk to my friends and then we get to share this with hundreds of thousands of people on the internet as well. Oh, um, really quick on topic. I just want to give a shout out to one of the group members, um, in GGR. Um, Roman has yes. been doing inktober videos, um, I guess it's drawing uh, using the ink medium to they almost look like classic movie posters the way that he yeah. does it and I am obsessed with them because like I'm I've actually messaged him like four times like hey I want to buy like a, a few of these because I want them in my house because I love the classic movie poster but he's done um, Friday the 13th um, Nightmare on Elm Street he was he, Evil Dead very recently Yes, Evil Dead. He did um, uh, Alien. He's done a, a bunch. So if that's your thing, if you are into art, um, even just like the horror movie genre, he talks about the movies as he's drawing them. He did The Shining. Um, 
then definitely check him out. It's Roman, and um, on his YouTube channel, it is Roman's Vivid World. So yes. just shout out to that, because on yes. theme and super impressive. <laughs> oh, 100%. And Roman is a huge supporter of the things that we do. Like, he has uh he's bought like our our uh like one of the hoodie designs that i made um for detroit he, he bought that like he's just super supportive because like i've been as we've talked about before i've been like del like dipping my toe into the art world where i'm like hey let me see if i can be an artist too and he's super supportive and like helps me with a lot of things uh along with you know the professor james rambo um but just like there's nothing cooler and i and, I, and i've said this and the, the things that he said um I love seeing my friends supportive of each other. And that's that's Rambo, uh, that's Rambo, that's Roman, like that's you, Jess. Like, I love when you're trying to do something and you have friends who are like, hey, you're doing a great job. I love this. Um, yeah, because there's nothing worse than like pouring your heart and soul into something and people being like, ah, that sucks. And like just moving on. Like it's, I love that this is the, the group that we've cultivated, like that we found these like-minded people that all get it, you know, so good times um again thank you all thank you the two of you uh for this wonderful uh, series of podcasts that we did today and for all of you out there listening remember we can get through this damn pandemic um eventually because together there are no heights we can't reach thank you for listening to ggr pirate radio make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!